Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Cause Pods here. Today we are speaking with Rabbi Richard Address of Jewish Sacred Aging. He has a podcast, Seekers of Meaning, and very excited to be doing this in studio, not my studio. We are lucky to be working in the studios of Steve Lubeckin, a great podcaster and wonderful friend here in the community of South Jersey. But uh, Rabbi Richard, thank you so much for joining me here on Cause Pods. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So Tell us a little bit about not just Seekers of Meaning, but Jewish Sacred Aging, what it is you do, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, Jewish Sacred Aging is a project that really had its uh, birth many, many years ago when I worked for the uh, North American Reform Jewish Movement and directed a program on having to do with family issues. We're examining the trends and demographic trends of the American Jewish community. It really came up that we're an aging community, started to take a look at the growth of the baby boom generation and long story, very, very short, this morphed into me taking the work of uh, older adults and baby boomers on my own when I left the URJ, the reform movement. They got rid of, they downsized all the department, got rid of all the departments. So I took this on and it has grown exponentially in the last four or five years, became an LLC, I think in 2014. So the goal of Jewish Sacred Aging is to really work with uh, synagogues, Jewish organizations, in really alerting them to the challenges, concerns of aging, the spirituality of aging, the impact of the baby boom generation on family systems. So I'm on the road a lot traveling to these organizations with the website, jewishsacredaging.com, the Facebook page, and that eventually uh, morphed into the Seekers of Meaning podcast. So just take us through as an example, you know, what's some of the unique challenges that you are facing through sacred aging and, and that you address through Seekers of Meaning? Well, I guess the easiest way to answer that is to sort of like overview what congregations are asking us to talk about when we go into congregations. So in looking at the next couple of months where I'm going to be on the road a lot, in not necessarily any order, but the, the, the package the caregiving issue is, is always number one because caregiving is a family systems issue. So many people are doing it. And as I tell groups of people, if you aren't already or have not been involved as a caregiver, you're going to be, and the odds are. It's a multi-generational issue. I mean, uh, the so-called sandwich generation, boomers taking care of their aging parents, we never use that. Being from Jersey, we uh, know diners. So I always call it the club sandwich generation because there are various levels. For example, the AARP National Alliance and the National Alliance of Family Caregiving in their surveys have told us that uh, right now about 20% of caregivers are millennials, people from 18 to 30. So, and, and a lot of the boomers are still working. So, they're, everybody's juggling. Caregiving, definitely major, major issue. The stresses, the strains, the concerns. And now as baby boomers move into their 70s, are going to, we are starting to need, uh, I was just literally on the phone last night with a friend of mine 
uh, my age, literally my age, early 70s, who is having some issues in working with his family, trying to figure out the caregiving concerns of of the family and children are long distance. So this is not an unfamiliar story to many families. The end of life issues, how do you make a decision as life begins to change, as life begins to ebb, always uh, an issue. The issue of the creation of new rituals. Uh, One of the things we have found and begun to collect in in the last couple of years is this uh, surge in the amount of baby boomers who want rituals and create rituals to speak to new life situations. For example... The removal of a wedding ring after a year of mourning, the um, older adult cohabitation uh, without benefit of marriage, moving into an assisted living retirement, moving out of a family home, signing an advance directive. All these are spiritual moments that people have written rituals and prayers and meditations on getting a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, on removal of life support systems in a hospital or a hospice situation, entering a hospice. All these we have, and they're part of what we do, as well as the redefinition of adultery in light of Alzheimer's and dementia, because that's also happening in every every community that I have visited. Those are some of the more interesting topics that we deal with. And then issues around economics. Everything we do is based upon Jewish tradition and text. So it's it's a lot of teaching saying, look, here's the way the tradition looks at this particular issue. And you should know then that, that the tradition has something to say into the life moment that you're leading now. It's not just some ancient you know, fossilized series of uh, opinions. Right. There's still a lot that we can apply from then to today. So how did that then lead you to the podcast? How did that then lead you to, you know, working with audio? It's real simple, rabbinic (laughs) rabbinic hyperbole. I've been working with Steve Lubetkin for a long time, many, many years. And in a conversation, I guess about a year ago, we decided that he's a professional podcaster, as you know, and a very lovely podcaster as well. And we sat down and said, how can we how can we change some of the media that we had been doing into something uh, more regular and substantive that will allow us to get a voice around all these issues? And so many of my colleagues and other people are, have been writing about this, books, articles, etc. So we decided to create a specialized podcast out of Jewish Sacred Aging, which we call Seekers of Meaning. And so that's been up and running for about a year now and slowly but surely getting some traction. And Steve produces it and, and we publicize it on the website and the Facebook page, LinkedIn and varieties of other social media that, that he is the producer uh, take care of. And so I imagine, you know, when we talk about podcasting today, it's heavily, you know, skewed towards younger audiences, millennials and Gen X, Gen Y, whatever you want to say, because we're used to being multitaskers. And so podcasting is a great way to absorb information while we're working, working out, driving, commuting, playing with the kids, whatever that might be. But I have to imagine that with your target audience, it's also a great way to share information for a variety of reasons. One, you know, the generation probably used to, you know, live and die by their radio. You know, that was their main source of entertainment. But also I imagine that at a certain age, reading digital text just becomes a challenge. And so this is probably a really easy way for folks to 
connect with you and to absorb the information that you're sharing. Yeah, well, as I travel, uh, Steve and I were talking about this earlier. As I travel, a lot of people will come up and and, and say, you know, I, I listen to that podcast around this or whatever. And I said, well, where do you listen to it? How do you listen to it? I'm, it's fascinating to me. Well, some people say, we listen to it in the car. I listen to it on the treadmill. <laughs> no joke. You know, I listen to the treadmill. Or there's a specific interest. So, for example, we recently posted a podcast about a colleague who wrote this very interesting book about an aspect of Jewish tradition, stories from the Talmud, which is a collection. It's, it's, a, it's a long involved. It's part of the tradition from the 5th and 6th century. And he wrote this very interesting book really taking a half a dozen or so stories and bringing them up to date. So a colleague literally emailed me yesterday saying, listen to the podcast, really got something out of it. And some of these congregational rabbis will listen to it and then order the book and create a class, and which is, which is exactly what we want to have happen. And then you're right. Others are much more practical. So there's somebody coming up uh, very, very soon who is dealing with uh, a new company that they created uh, that deals with moving older adults out of their when they downsize. And it's very daunting for an adult child to do this, especially if they're long distance. There's a growth in these businesses now. You know, you, I call you up. Here's the address. Here's what we want to have happen. We move in. We take care of everything. We send you a bill. Wow. I imagine, though, even though this is a convenient media for a lot of people and it's it's growing, that there is a challenge because it is it is not a difficult medium to absorb, but it's new to a lot of people. And it so is. when you say you have a podcast, they go, I don't know how to listen to that. So exactly right. how do you overcome that challenge? How do you make your show accessible to people, make it easy for them to find you, subscribe, and, and you know keep tuning in? Well, if I had the answer to that question, <laughs> I, I'd be very, very happy. It's a struggle. I mean, I, I tell you, I, I'm not from – I'm not that media savvy. I usually rely on my children or grandchildren to, after they get done laughing at me and, you know, how do I do this? And, but it is a struggle because there's now from what I gather being, uh, coming from this in the outside, a plethora of uh, platforms, which is easy for me to say, a plethora of platforms where you can access. So we're on iTunes and, and the usual type of stuff. And that's where I think a lot of the people I talk to get, everybody's familiar with Apple and, and, and iTunes, but there are other platforms now evidently that, that podcasts get on. And every day I see somebody else announcing that they just started a new podcast. So there's a lot out there and it's niche oriented. Everybody knows that. So it's a challenge. I mean, I, I don't have an exact answer to that. I wish I did. So what have you found that from doing the podcast, has it opened up any new doors, new avenues? Are there stories or people that you're connecting with through the podcast that you might not have had an opportunity to work with otherwise? Yeah, it's, inter it's very interesting. You said that you asked that quite, we didn't rehearse this at all, but in, <laughs> I, in, the, in the last, I'd say two months, uh, I've gotten some calls and some inquiries about speaking things or articles or questions because somebody has heard about the podcast or has listened to one of them. And one or two times in the last couple of months, some people have said, you know, I have this new book. I heard that you do this. Can we make an arrangement? And so that's, it's, it's slow. Uh, at least that's what I have found in my, in your experience, but in my experience, because look, first of all, the Jewish community is small. <laughs> We're not talking about, you know, a huge audience there anyway. And only a segment of that really uh, participates in podcasts. 
around this particular area dealing with aging and family issues around aging. There's a ton of Jewish podcasts, but from my understanding and my research, very, 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 very few that deal with this issue. In fact, I think Secrets of Meaning is the only podcast that actually talks about these issues from a spiritual text-based basis. What have been some of your strategies to help get the word out there, or what are some things that you're thinking about implementing to, you know, further grow the show? Well, we we advertise it a lot on the pot, on the website, the, through the social media. Every week we post a new one every Friday, so every Friday when something comes, we we will advertise it on the pay, on the website, on the Facebook page, one or two other platforms. Hoping people listen before the Sabbath, I assume. Yeah, yeah. And if they automatically listen on the Sabbath, it's fine with me. And it stays up for a whole week, so people have a lot. And then it's archived, and so when I go out and speak, we always mention the podcast. And actually, a lot of time, if somebody has asked a particular question, specific question, and I said, you know, we just did a podcast on that uh, two months ago. If you go to the website, it's archived and that has worked. One of the questions that Steve and I always go back on, and maybe you can help me, um, sure. and that is how to how really how how to publicize it. In the old days, you took a, put you put an ad in the paper. In the new days, there are so few people reading print papers, and so I've experimented a couple of times with online ads on various Jewish social media platforms. But the problem is it's hard to figure out whether they generate anything. It is true. It is tough to sort of track that. I suppose, you know, there's two schools of thought there. One is you want to be where your audience is. And so it sounds like a lot of your audience is still reading papers. It is a – it's not a growing media necessarily. It's but a the, generational thing. Right. But the generation that you are speaking to and that you want to offer advice to probably still picks up the paper. So ads in those communities might be useful. The other school of thought is – you want to be where podcast listeners are. Yeah. And so, you know, that, as you said, it's a very small demographic that you're targeting. And so it's it's tricky to find this demographic podcast listeners. And that's a struggle that we I'm facing constantly as well, trying to find the right places to to advertise. So my my feeling right now is just to try to spread the word as much as possible in, in a variety of different venues, hoping that a percentage of that will hit. And but we've watched this over the last year has grown. So and a lot of it is word of mouth. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of it is word of mouth and the colleague and and we'll pick targeted advertisements in a variety of venues. Like there's an upcoming convention about Jewish educators and they want us to put a little thing. So we may do that on one of the local Jewish newspapers here in Philadelphia area, they have an, a specialized publication, I think, once or twice a year just targeting this demographic. We put something in there. You never know. No, it's a good idea. I imagine, too, that you do a lot of public speaking on this topic as well. Yeah, a lot. I, I, I imagine and I wonder if whether basically instead of just standing up in front of a crowd, if – Basically, hosting a live podcast interview in front of a crowd would be useful. You know, you you agree to talk at this group, you bring in a guest, you sit down on stage, you record the conversation, you say, hey, folks, you know, thank you for listening and joining us today. If you want to hear this again, it's all on the podcast. And now people have sort of been part of that experience. It, it emboldens them to want to check it out. Actually, I've done a, a couple of times at conventions. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the last URJ North American Biennial, which was a year ago uh, last weekend, they invited me to host a podcast uh, in front of an audience, live. Well, most of them were still awake. 
And we, uh, I, I transferred it over to Steve and Steve put it on the website and then the movement itself put it on there. I don't know how many people, to be blunt about it, listened to it or really understood what was happening, even though they were told. They thought there were, it was a nice program. It actually, it was a good program, an hour, an hour long. I don't know how many people walked out there saying, well, I missed part of that, but it'll be on this website. I can listen to it. And I never heard back if there was any traffic with that. Well, and I wonder too, if, if like you said, the podcast is about a little over a year old or just a year old now, if, if you did it now, now that you have a little bit more traction, a little bit more, you know, products behind you, an archive that people could check out if it wouldn't be more successful. That's a good idea. And there's maybe some venues I have to look at. I'll talk to my producer in there and see what happens. Yeah, he could probably make it he happen. Probably, <laughs> and the, the reality is we did do a, a conference a year ago, March, a year and a half ago now, uh, brought together the very f- small amount of people who are actually doing work in Judaism and aging and aging and spirituality brought them together here in Philadelphia and we did video that Steve videoed it and uh, live streamed it and put those videos on the website and that was very very successful it was and it worked out well worked out well so as someone who's been using new media podcasting specifically to spread the word to you know network with other people in your space to connect with your potential audience what advice would you give to others who are exploring uh, podcasting as a way to tell their story and to get the word out there well, exactly what I've talked to a couple of colleagues about who've asked me about this, you know, we'll sit around at the diner having lunch. And literally, this was this was last week again. You know, what do you think? And I said, look, it's, it's it sounds it's very, very, very easy. The key is you have somebody like Steve and, Le, and here at Lubetkin uh, Media who can do the technical stuff, who can really walk you through the ability to sit down and, and find the guests and to read the, you know, there's a couple of that I'm recording today. Three of the four that we're recording have written books. So, you know, I said, you know, you have to read the books. You have to find time to read the books, make the notes, prepare the quest, alert, you know, walk with a guest so that they're not surprised. Because as you know, not everybody, when you ask a question, the worst is that single word answer. And then, right. you know, <laughs> you have to tap dance or, teeth to or get do a your greatest hits album, right. you know, you know, so. So, uh, and I've encouraged people uh, to to think about it. I said, you want to reach people. And I know there's somebody that we worked with who's now doing a podcast that, through Steve. Um, a couple of people have that we've been in touch have, have worked with him to create websites and stuff like that. So it's an interesting media. And the flip side of that also, is, as you know, is not everybody wants to take the time because it does take time. And you have to invest. You just can't walk in and... Well, I guess you can walk in and wing it, but you're not going to see a high level of success, the, success probably. <laughs> you know the preparation and the and the ability to think. The reason why I like it is when I go out and where I like Q and A is because I like the the immediacy of the moment. And so, as I tell people who are coming on Secrets of Meaning, I'm going to send you a list of proposed questions. Here's the one we're going to start with, but you need to know that. We may go off on a tangent and that's okay. So just be prepared. That's an interesting way to prepare that you you do have some sets of questions that you're thinking about, but you do a good job of warning the guests to saying, this is where we're starting. Yeah. I, I don't know where we're going to finish. And so it's, I guess, one thing that you're highlighting there is that even though you're talking, you know, really to be a good podcaster, it's really about listening. Well, very few people like surprises. And so I try to give them a little prep. 
But the listening thing is, you know, sometimes somebody will say something and you hear, even if they're not there, I mean, we do a lot of remotes because people are scattered all over the, literally all over the world because we've done podcasts with people from Israel and many other places. But you'll hear something, a tone of voice will change, or if they're sitting next to you, the body language will change and they'll give you sort of like a little opening. And that's the fun thing. You just go there. So what other advice would you give to anybody who is contemplating digital media as a way to spread their message, especially in you know the cause-based world? Well, I would say, first of all, don't be afraid to do it. Do some homework. Do the homework. Get yourself somebody like Steve Lubetkin who knows the business, who knows the the electronics, who, unless you are techno savvy, and most of my colleagues and people I hang out with are, we'll still call our grandchildren to figure out how to turn off the iPhone. So, but get somebody like that who can really walk you through and then understand that it's an investment in time, that you're not going to make a fortune, if anything. But it's a, I, I, when people ask me, what are the one of the things that you glean from doing these podcasts. I said, every every podcast I do, I learn something. And I think for somebody like, you know, clergy who are constantly reading and trying to constantly stay abreast of things, the idea that you can read a book and talk to another human being who's done the research and learn something from that, that's exciting. That's exciting. And so, you know, one last time, give everyone, if someone's listening and they might have interest, give us, a, you know, a good picture of why they should be checking out Seekers of Meaning. Well, Seekers of Meaning, part of the Jewish Sacred Aging family, Seekers of Meaning podcasts are designed really to dis- explore issues, talking about the challenges, opportunities, of, uh, our own aging, the impact of that aging on our families. And it's done from a perspective of Jewish texts and tradition. And it's part of uh, the website, jewishsacredaging.com which, uh, as I mentioned before, not only the podcast, but I think the website is uh, still right now the the only comprehensive website that talks about all this from a organizational, congregational, as well as familial, personal basis. Very good. Well, we've been chatting with Rabbi Richard Address of JewishSacredAging.com. You can check that out. You can get a link to his website, to his podcast, and we will set up a donation page for Jewish Sacred Aging, all at causepods.org. Rabbi Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And of course, Steve, thank you so much for the opportunity to use this wonderful facility here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a cause pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.